is a code of silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. who think they're rebelling with their spiky haircuts or no hair at all, 
uh, or their tattoos or whatever, that's all given to them by the top. These are safe avenues uh, where they're allowed to express something. But in reality, it's guys at the top that give them even the venue to express them. So they're not being different at all. They're simply picking one of the predetermined groups that they want to identify with. And it's a sad thing because we're going into, as I say, this mass man mentality where everyone will be the same, we're all one, kind of like the demons of old, you know, these to exercise them and, and say, we are legion, but we are one, but we are many. They're all one. And, and that's pretty well where we are today with the, the computer and when the chip comes along, every, all new agers will have their wish. They'll all be one for the first time. The problem is they won't know anything about it, about anything. We'll be back with more after these messages. and we are cutting through the matrix talking about the, the next part of the agenda which I knew years ago in fact I knew back in the 70s this was coming by little snippets that came out in newspapers and even watching various newspapers they were mentioning this new phenomenon of people complaining that they had chips in their backs controlling them in their spines generally now, these characters usually were locked up in psychiatric hospitals and they claimed that uh, while during the military usually they had little operations done on them, minor operations for abscesses and things and uh, they were never the same since, which tells me they were testing these things out long ago. And that's why they're so certain they can uh, pull all this off. They never give you something that's untried. And they won't give you a Mark 1, 2, 3, and 4 version. They won't give you the full kit and caboodle, although they'll lie to you to get the first one done. And that's what the Verichip will actually be. They'll tell you it can only be read by a handheld scanner, have you debating all of that. And meanwhile, it's got enough uh, space here to, to be tracked by satellite, in fact, just like the prisoners I read last week. But here's the next phase, and this is from the Daily Mail in Britain. And it's coming here too, whatever Britain does, we follow a few weeks later now. This would be years now, it's weeks. And it says here, every pupil to be numbered and kept on government database for life. Uh, this, is, this was put out by Mr. Bates. I guess he's the, the writer on this particular item. And it says here, it was updated on the 13th of February 2008, so you should be able to find it, Daniel Bates. And it says here, um, exam results and personal details of every 14-year-old in England are to be put on an electronic database for the rest of their lives. It's a life sentence. Under government plans, again, government plans. You know, who, who, they never mention any of this when you vote these characters in. These two-faced liars we call politicians. They talk about the usual things, welfare, schooling. Uh, employment and so on, but they never mention amalgamation like the EU or the Unification of the Americas 
or get NAFTA and all the other deals that it's done or anything like this. This, when they brand the animals they own. And that's what a chip is, you see. And that's what the data is on you. They're collecting all the data on the animals, on their herds that they own. That's just what this is about. I'm kidding you not. That's what it is. So anyway, under government plans veiled, unveiled today, each people will be assigned a unique number, which they will keep even after they leave school. Employers and colleges will be able to use this number to access students' records on the Internet to check if they are telling the truth about their qualifications. But why bother asking them to punch the number in or read? I mean, they use the farce of it. It's hoped there will be ultimately a numbered database for every citizen over 14 years old. Citizen, back in the citizen days of the French Revolution. Last night, the government denied that individual numbers would be linked to ID cards. Aha, aha, a government never lies. And that's why you always vote politicians in, right? Hmm. But a furious coalition of teachers, parents, opposition MPs, and human rights campaigners united to condemn the Big Brother policy. And here's where you'll get your spin when they pretend that there's an opposition to it. They pointed the government's abysmal track record on keeping data safe and warned that the personal details of millions could be compromised. So see, right away they've got you off, instead of giving you the complete opposite argument, like we shouldn't have it at all for any reason, you see. They, take, they go off and say, well, it could be stolen. The information could be stolen and hacked. You see, that's how they do. That's what fake oppositions are all about. These guys set up the chessboard. They own both players. You see, there's only really one player. They're playing both sides. And the public watch it, thinking there's two sides actually going at it. And nothing is further from the truth. The new database will be made up of unique learner numbers, ULN, which will work in the same way as the current unique pupil number, the UPN. The crucial difference, however, is that the UPN is discarded when the individual leaves school. The new ULN will not be and will let government agencies track them until they retire, all through your life. It'll be compulsory for every 14-year-old to have one. Compulsory. Is that what you vote governments in for? You ever think about why you really vote at all? Since they're often a different tangent, they serve the corporations. And the corporations are made up of, of just the lackey men of the big banking boys who own the planet coupled with the royalty, the very old families that run the planet. Margaret Morrissey of the National Association of Parent-Teacher Associations said the plans would horrify parents. No kidding. She said, well, actually, I don't really agree with that. Most won't really care. In this day and age, they're too busy playing themselves if they have actually parents anymore. She said, I suspect there will not be more than two parents in the land who would have faith in the government that this information will be secure. John Dunford, General Secretary of the... So now, it's nothing to do with security. See, again, they're going to the security of it. That's the argument. Will it be secure? John Dunford, General Secretary of the Association for School and College Leaders, said, given the track record of government IT disasters and the possibility that all these children's records will end up in Iowa, now this is a worry, because lately they've been telling you about all this stuff that the government had on millions of people that went missing. The new database will let students build up a record of exam results across their whole school career. It will be known as MIAP, MIAP, or Managing Information Across Partners. Across Partners. Hmm. And it will have two passwords, 
students will have one password to access the records themselves and could, could give another to employers or colleges to have a restricted view of their records, all like sure. When the scheme was first proposed in 2003, Education Secretary Charles Clark said the ULN could be cross-referenced with or the same as the number on the individual ID cards. In other words, she's going to blink up together ID cards, chip, all the rest of it. So, you know, we're treated like children. I get so disgusted the way we're treated like children. They don't even make a really good in-depth mystery on any of it. They just give us these silly uh, parental-type statements that you'd see from Little House on the Prairie. Critics say the move is part of a general trend towards the government computerizing records and requiring departments to share information on ordinary citizens with each other. Information Commissioner Richard Thomas is said to be satisfied with security for the new database. Of course he is, that's his job. He gets paid to say this. But Shadow Schools Secretary, they've got Shadow Schools Secretaries there, mostly Shadow people, Michael Gove said the government has a terrible track record in managing complex IT programs. Recent events have shown that sensitive personal data is not safe in ministers' hands. There must be profound worries, not just in terms of civil liberties, but also in terms of the security of young people with a project like this. The government is pressing ahead with the introduction of ULNs while awaiting the results of a security review into a separate planned database called Contact Point, which would contain personal details of all 11 million children in England and they'll grow up to be adults and they tracked all their lives. The, the contact point review was ordered last year after Her Majesty's revenue. See, everything in Britain is Her Majesty's. They, talk, they say it's a home of democracy, but every cop and postman swears allegiance to Her Majesty. Her Majesty's revenue and customs, because they lost two computers, just containing the details of 25 million people. Be very, very secure. A slew of data breaches has since followed, including the disappearance of over 3 million learner driver details from Iowa and the U.S. This is all leading to the chip, you understand. That's why they're all going missing, if they have gone missing, in fact. It's just to get us all thinking, oh my goodness, we've got you something more secure than that. And voila, just like the school shootings, you'll get a chip. It'll, it'll be made to order, you see, right at the right time. A spokeswoman for the MIAP, which comes under the jurisdiction of the Learning and Skills Council, said any plans to link the ULN to ID cards had been shelved. That means it's not been dismissed. It means now they've got you used to the idea, they'll put it quietly away for about six months. A spokesman for the Department of Universities, Innovation and Skills said the aim of MIAP was to give students an online record of achievement they could show to universities or employers. He said MIAP is supposed to be a simple record of learning which someone can use to apply to a higher education course or into the workplace. And of course, this will be available for cops and everybody else too. Like we're all a bunch of flaming idiots here. So that sort of thing that's happening in the world as well get merged together in this great global uh, I was going to say sheep pen, but it'll be a pigsty really by the time they're finished with it. And we'll all be happy little animals amusing ourselves as we all start to lose consciousness, indeed, uh, for the few that still retain it. That is, we're living under a scientific dictatorship, at least 
a dictatorship who, they're, they're dictators, an oligarchy who simply are the paid henchmen of the ones who own the money. The money, the resources, the resources which are passing into fewer and fewer hands all the time. The resources across the entire planet are going into fewer and fewer and fewer hands until you'll find the real owner eventually, the numero uno, and will all serve the world state. And believe you me, they don't have a happy existence planned for us. They don't want us sitting just playing as we're doing now, lost in space, staying at that silly screen and getting square eyes. They, they want an efficient work crew. Not too many of you, but an efficient work crew. And that's when they'll be satisfied that you have no brain of your own. We'll be back with more after the following messages. There was a, there was a, uh, a chip that they 
showed uh, on one on one story I saw that imprinted on the chip was the emblem of NATO. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the emblem of NATO, if you look at it very carefully, is just this guy swastika. Uh, it's, it's a rather uh, more modern version of the same thing. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. I had one other question for you. A while back, you had mentioned um, the music of Elton John, and you were about to say something about uh, Bernie Taupin, who who was his lyricist. And I was just curious what you had to say about that, because clearly his lyrics are very unusual. And I, I was wondering what your take on that was. Oh, he is a good lyricist, there's no doubt about it. And John himself, uh, had uh, he had a classical training. So, But uh, the way it works is the lyricist does it first. He gives the... the, the the lyrics, and then it's up to Elton John to come up with the music to match those particular lyrics. I mean, it's a good combo, the two of them. Um, and they've stayed fairly. I mean, for all, all their show business and all other stuff that's going on there, they've kept fairly apolitical with most of their songs. I was just wondering, though, about um, Bernie Taupin in, in particular. I mean, their music was very unusual for the time. And yeah, it was, was a, it was ahead of its time. There's no doubt. So, but again, too, if you're, it's just like the Futurist Society for authors, uh, where they, they get in on what's coming and, and this is what to promote. If you want to get uh, bestsellers and so on, it's the same in the music industry. They bring certain ones in. They give them the trends and the culture they want to have 10, 15 years down the road, and you can start to promote it uh, as far back as that. Right. I mean, I, I just thought the whole Elton John uh, phenomenon in the 70s was just unbelievable. It was almost too good to be true. I mean, it was like the new Beatles. Yeah, that's right. And I, I was wondering, why are they promoting this guy like this? Why, yeah. What is so special about him? I don't know. I don't know his background as far as his family goes. I mean, he's pretty wealthy, you know, that. But uh, and he has connections, too. You know, he's well-connected. Right. He ended up being friends with Princess Di. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, yeah. thanks for calling in. Thanks. Okay. Now I've got Mo from Oregon there. Are you there, Mo? Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Allen? Yep, it's Mohammed. Yeah. Uh, yes, can you hear me good? Yeah. Okay. My, uh, I would like to uh, have a few comments if it's possible. The first one is that my uh, nephew, uh, niece in Canada, she's studying to be a lawyer very soon, and she has been harassed by the Canadian police in three, four occasions. The, the first occasion was when they were driving, they stopped them because they couldn't read her plates. And because of the snow, you know, when mm-hmm. snow all the time in Canada, and sometimes uh, when you drive in the snow roads, so of course your uh, back plates are going to be uh, yeah. sometimes invisible. Because of that, they stop her and they uh, harass her so much, and etc. And I thought always that in Canada is much better than United States because recently in Ohio, the lady was a strip search in the prison. And, uh, you know, I thought that you guys are much better than us. It seems not either. So you guys are pretty much look like us. Oh, it's the same culture worldwide. Uh, hold on, and we'll talk about this after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Because 
it, it, it shows us that uh, toxic ash and martial law in Los Angeles and, and ter terror hits home when a young couple is separated during a citywide uh, attack on Los Angeles. The infrastructure is crippled and the air is raining unknown toxic uh, agents and Lexi is trying to be get to home at uh, her husband, uh, Brad, before yep. it's too late. And this, this movie is recommend, and I hope that everybody uh, uh, get lessons of this movie. Yep. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for coming. Now, well, Ken in Connecticut here. You there, Ken? Actually, it's Vic. I want to apologize if I okay. disrespected you the last time I called. Yeah. Uh, my intention was to show appreciation for your work, and I think uh, I came across like a prick, and I'm sorry for that. It really is all about helping you spread your message and helping people survive and stop being deceived. Uh, is there a place on the internet you might recommend where people can go to meet others that are in the know? Uh, to be honest with you, the internet has a double-edged sword. The right. guys, I mean, the military-industrial complex gave it to us and made sure they put up the biggest sites out there to disinform everybody uh, under the guise of, of um, telling you the truth. Right. You, you, you are an information war, there's no doubt about it. Uh, it's a war for the mind. You can't rule the people without first getting their mind and uh, and that's what it's all about. Um, it's, it's hit and miss as to who's... And many people get little bits of their own view of things depending on what their interest is. They don't see the overall picture. Some people are trying to get America back and they don't realize that the 50s, 60s, and the 70s, it was already gone. You just didn't notice it then. Um, when you, where are you going to get to get back to? We haven't even discussed uh, what kind of culture would even like ourselves if we could even have one of our own. Right. It's never been given to the people. Uh, whatever culture has been given has been a monetary debt system uh, uh, with the national insurance numbers or social insurance numbers and all the rest of it uh, and compulsory military, etc., to fight the rich men's wars. Um, we've never had a system of our own, and that's the, the, the brass tacks of everything. So if you find an oasis of, of people that, that know what we know, yeah. and are willing to discuss it and get to the bottom of things and, uh, and talk about everything you talk about. Do you think that that's a danger to be involved in that? It's a danger unless you go through someone's complete site and see what their spin is or, or if it's a particular area they want you to take your... See, all energy is your energy, and if you start using your energy in one limited part of it, you can be waylaid for, for years fighting for, for one part of a cause. Uh, that, that doesn't have a chance, it doesn't have a snowflake's chance in hell of, of surviving. Um, so they generally round up all the people that, that know the agenda and are uh, able communicators and whatnot, and they're yeah. the first to go, correct? Uh, well, that's what uh, Lenin talked about. He said that they had set out organizations before the revolution. Uh, they, they set them up. They had lots of members join them, and particular ones that could be uh, uh, leaders, after the revolution, they simply rounded them up. They had all their lists, their names and addresses, and eliminated them. And it's the same thing, even on Patriot Radio. I remember Bo Greitz, when he used to have his own shortwave radio show, and he lost a people. He was telling people to phone in. You're all part of the militia and get a guard rifle from the government. And uh, he was collecting lists and addresses. And right after 9-11, he was on national television on the, on the steps of the, the Congress going up there. And he, he said, uh, he was asked what he th who he thought 
uh, blew up the buildings. And he said it's probably those crazy shortwave patriot types that run around in camel and believe in black helicopters. <laughs> this is the man that led the patriot movement for years for a lot of people. This wow. is the man that left the Pentagon saying that he left it with, with hip pocket orders. Hmm. When you said there may be forces working in your favor that you don't know about, what did you mean spiritually? Like, I'd love to hear about... Well, there's you know, something, you expose there's, all the there's something there. There's something there. trick they are. Can you tell me a little about, about the good side of the force? Well, the good side is something you have to break through yourself into. And it truly does take a massive self-examination for you, your mind to start to comprehend things on a much, much bigger scale and not to be overwhelmed by... If, you, if it, that doesn't happen, all, all that happens is you'll be eaten by anger. And you can't be eaten by anger. It's destructive. It destroys you first, and you're no use to anybody. Right. And so you have to go much, much higher. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I, I think it comes to a person if you're ready for it, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But it, is that what you were insinuating when you said there may be some things working in your favor that you didn't know, that it's, you know, it's, it's another type of entity that's uh, good... Yeah, I, I think that whatever is running, I don't think it's running this world. I think we have choices in this world. I think that's a big part of it. I don't believe in predestination. Right. That's what religion teaches you. Right. It's God's will. That they're, going to, they're going to nuke you. You're going to do this. They're right. going to roast you, and then you go to heaven. Uh, maybe. Uh, I don't believe in that kind of old uh, demiurgos type the deity that they gave us. That was for control purposes. I think any creator is way beyond the old man, the angry old man image. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I think people have to, to come to that. And I think it manifests in your own life. How do you treat people? How, do you ever get that real empathy for others and even for people you don't know? Yeah. Uh, you know if suffering's going on. Do you really feel it? Is it there? Is it real? Is it, does it stay with you? Um, and regardless of your own life, uh, is it that's worthwhile? That's an important thing, and unfortunately uh, that's why it seems to me the logical conclusion that there isn't a benevolent force because of the suffering. That's my problem with it. That's right, and we've got to accept the fact, too, there's lots of people all through the strata of society that truly don't give a damn about anyone else. Right. Yeah. Uh, the rapper, Eminem, meaning Master Mason, and the word rap, meaning wrap it up, did they tell you that, or is that conclusions based on how they generally operate? It's conclusions, plus hearing little jokes about it on mainstream radio and stuff. You start to get the lingo, you, you know what the little inside jokes are. Oh, really? Uh -huh. So there's somebody you heard that they actually were pretty much insinuating that he was a Mason? Oh, yeah, you hear this all the time on mainstream if you know what you're listening to. So you actually think that guy, Marshall Mathers, took an oath? Uh, I don't know, to be honest, about that particular one. But I, I do know that, I mean, you're living... The, the religion that's run the world for ages has been in every town and village, and it's called Freemasonry. It's across the world. And he is global. It's global. It almost seems like anybody who's global is affiliated. Yeah, you find that you find the British troops would enter India thinking they were the only Freemasons. Only you see lodges all over the place. They're already there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, it's counterintelligence that it's aliens at the top of the pyramid. But you told us it was demons. I mean, how do we beat literal demons with glowing red eyes that can levitate? You, 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 like, you can fight, I, I think bad. you can fight anything, any evil. If there's a strength within yourself, if you know yourself, I think you can come up against any evil. And uh, I think part of, of, of defeat is simply being afraid to begin with. Fear itself is, is your downfall. Wow. Thank you for talking to me, and thank you for the inspiration. You're an exceptional person, Alan.
Well, thanks for calling. Peace and love. Now we've got Megan from Pennsylvania. Are you there, Megan? Yes, I am. Um, Alan, I'm glad you mentioned that levitating with the red eyes or people with red eyes because I do listen to your shows that other people interviewed you. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to ask you about that woman that floated down the steps. Yeah. And how do you think, and she had red eyes, what do you think that was? Well, I mean, even when it was happening, I was only a person left standing. This was a sort of a... Uh, it, it was someone who was married to a famous producer in Hollywood. And at that time, she had bought a big place in Toronto. And I was asked to go there uh, just for a small get-together. It wasn't even a party, really. And I went there with um, a couple of people. One of them was from a well-known band in Britain, a very famous band. And um, we were... I was with the last person standing. I was going to walk home. Everybody else had gone to their beds. I was standing having a brandy, and yes, I do occasionally drink a brandy. And uh, uh, just then she floated down these sort of Hollywood-type wide stairs she had put in and uh, literally floated. And I, I watched it happen, thinking, oh, has something been slipped in this drink or something? I, all that was running through my mind. I wasn't even panicking. I was just uh, watching it, uh, almost uh, studying it. And uh, she, she floated. She floated all the way up to me and uh, murmured a few things to me. I'd seen that kind of face before, mind you. It looks, it really is, there's a feeling to it as well as the look. And and then I declined her offer. I, I said, uh, not tonight, Josephine. And um, she spun around on a top and, and floated all the way back up. And I'm standing thinking about this. And uh, Keith, the guy who had come with me, um, he got up, he thought he was sleeping in a corner. And he, he says, he says, did I see something or did I hallucinate? I, I swore that female just floated on the stairs there. I says, well, thank goodness we both shared, both shared the same hallucination <laughs> because because I wanted a witness and uh, I never thought I'd have one. So it does, these weird things do happen to you, uh, but I'm used to sort of paranormal stuff, although I don't push it into the New Age uh, vector. I think it's beyond that. I think the New Age is a complete de- deception. What but, do you think... Uh, but the eyes definitely were almost, uh, there's no pupils. She was like they were turned right back in her head and it was just uh, pinky red. And uh, it's not something I'd like to see uh, in the middle of the night, mind you, if I was in my bed or something. <laughs> but it certainly did happen, yeah. Well, do you think she was a demon? Well, she, I knew she was ha- involved in a high cult. Uh, oh. I found out later. A high cult. Uh, and uh, she also um, uh, had connections with Prince, uh, you know, the Prince that does all the weirdo stuff uh, and pushes the sort of black side of the New Age, you know. So I take that with a grain of salt, but she definitely was involved in some high cults from California, or Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And then you mentioned that you saw a shapeshifter, that you saw people do shapeshifting? You don't really see them shapeshifting. What you'll see, um, and this guy was a very high mason, and what you'll see is it's almost like a superimposed um, uh, features come upon them. It's not, you know, it's not coming from their skin. It's almost like a second outer layer of, of a kind of misty. Uh, you can make states in your mind eye, as you used to say in the ancient, ancient times. You see something. A child can feel things. or see, so-and-so doesn't feel right to me. Uh, it's kind of like that. You, you, you see something come over them. Uh, sometimes you will see the pupils constrict to very, very tiny uh, pupils. 
uh, if they get excited, these particular people. But strangely enough, he was one of the one of the guys at his age who had uh, he could run. He did run with a, a massive step a ladder, not step ladder. It was a long ladder, forty footer, heavy duty in the middle of summer. He was in his seventies. And uh, he ran about 100 yards to the house to get them and run back. And when he stood up after putting them down, his mouth wasn't even open to breathe heavy. And he had told me there's a trade-off they get when they bring on an entity, and that's part of it. They get this kind of uh, strength. Oh, wow. Okay, well, thank you, Alan. Thanks for calling. Bye. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really way out there, but but it's far much more in this world than meets the eye. And it was definitely uh, evil, and it's not the first Mason who told me, and it wasn't the last either that told me the same high ritual when they go on the stage and take on an entity. And that's what they used to call perfect possession, when they get up to a high degree where the entity is at home with them and they're at home with the entity. I think Malachi Martin used to talk about that kind of stuff, but Malachi, he brought so much of the old dogma from the church into it, uh, unfortunately, although his descriptions of these events were quite correct. Now we've got Richard from Alabama. Are you there, Richard? Yes. I had a disturbing thought while I was listening to you about a half hour ago. Yeah. And I remember Bogreitz. I remember I trusted Bogreitz for a long time. I used to listen to his program. I thought it was nice. And there have been a lot of programs like that on uh, this network and Genesis. And I, but I have this spooky little feeling that even though I'm hearing the truth on this network and on Genesis, I'm also hearing this kind of a uh, confused logic. They're leading us, they both tend to lead us into dead ends. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, this Ron Paul thing. Yeah. We everybody agrees that Ron Paul cannot possibly get in the debates. Yeah. Uh, if well, he hold hold on, Richard. Hold yeah. on, because it's an important topic, and we'll be back with you after these messages. give us schizophrenic advice mm-hmm. you tell us well ron paul must stick to the arabs with box cutters story because uh, he'll lose his congressional seat if he changes and uh, he won't be on television anymore and he won't be on the debates anymore yeah, I'll, I'll correct you there though i never i never i've told people what i thought about politics from the beginning and, and i've never pushed ron paul well now, I know the rest of them do. They tend to. And I see it's purpose made for an American audience. The lone gunman rising in town, Clint Eastwood, cleans it all up for the people while they sit and munch their chips and watch their favorite movies. 
that's the American mentality. It's, it's scripted by Hollywood. It would only work that kind of scenario in, in the USA. Yeah. Um, so they give you the lone hero. Uh, any change won't happen with a lone person. You, you know that, don't you? Well, um, Phil, I, I just wanted to have, get your opinion. Does it seem to you that we're getting schizophrenic advice from Patriot Radio? I'd be very wary of all uh, people on, on all radio. Um, I've said it before. Um, the big boys uh, don't miss um, any opportunity to, to set up front movements and so on. It's up to the individual to decide uh, by consistency and by the record do they stick to the same thing. Um, are they big enough to apologize if they make mistakes? That's another point, too. Or do they just go on to another topic? Um, it's up to the individual listener. Uh, you understand? Well, there's no consistent answer to those questions. No, and you get people from all walks of life um, who have their own little specialized field there, too. And, and let's be honest, too, we're all, it's, it's all, I'm not, but it's all dressed up with economics, too. They need money advertising, um, all of that kind of stuff. It's a business, remember. And um, without it, you wouldn't have any of, of the Patriot Broadcasting at all. So you, you have to take all these factors into consideration. And, and remember, there are forces out there that will, as always, give you leaders and so on who will mislead. That's the history of the world. And it, it does seem as if Patriot Radio could be easily shut down by just disconnecting your telephones it could be it could be very easy and or, or they'll simply make it politically, politically correct they'll tell you what are safe topics which are not safe topics that will come one day that there'll be orders from pentagon they're already working on it in fact yeah yeah but thanks for calling okay bye i know there's kevin from connecticut are you there hey alan how are you tonight yeah, not bad you have to be quick though I'll be real quick. I've heard uh, a lot of people talking about the fact that uh, the big boys, as you call them, are, are a couple of years behind in, in their plans. No. Is there any truth to that? No. Uh, and no, huh? No, no. They're steamrolling ahead. Uh, they, they, what's happening today was planned years ago. What's happening t tomorrow was also planned years ago. Uh, they're right on track. Yeah. And you, so where did this whole concept come from? Because I, I found that kind of intriguing. That's, the plans you can actually read from the first revolutions onwards, the kind of world that we're going to bring in. Yeah, mm. yeah. and they never... Look at H.G. Wells's um, things to come, shape of things to come for an idea. Right. Okay. Yeah, it'll give you a real good idea. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. From Hamish and myself up in our cold Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God and your gods, and definitely your common sense go with you. <laughs> 